0: So how much fun is it waiting for Christmas, especially if you're a child? Do you remember that? There's some kids in here, a lot of them left, but there's some in here. And maybe you remember when you were a child waiting for Christmas Day to come, seemed like it took forever. And these calendars, they count down the days, I don't know if they hurt or if they help. I guess they probably help in some ways if a child's asking, Mom, Mom, when's Christmas, when's Christmas? When's Christmas? They can just look at the calendar and they can count and they can hang their head. Gosh, it's another two weeks before Christmas. But on the other hand, maybe they hurt because it's just their front and center. And we know that as each day goes, there's another day and another day and another day. But waiting for Christmas as a kid is difficult. And it doesn't help that they... Also on Christmas Eve, they tell you when Santa's coming, right? He's he's in Japan and now he's in Russia and he's going across the ocean. He's coming. He's going to be here soon. And as you wait, and as you wait, you get impatient because you want Christmas morning to come right now. As adults, we also have to wait. Do you ever have to wait for the doctor? Yes, I don't, know. I don't know if this is a waiting room for the doctor's office or maybe a waiting room in a hospital where the family is waiting to hear some good news about a loved one, but all I noticed in this picture was the Chick-fil-A. So these people know how to wait they know if they're going to have to wait, they have to have Chick-fil-A. Now the hard part, of course, about waiting on Sunday for Christmas, there is no Chick-fil-A. So. But we also wait for annoying things like videos to buffer. And maybe it's even worse than the buffering is all the ads you have to watch just to watch anything on your computer or your phone. Or waiting for the weekend when Monday morning comes and you get up and you go to work, you're already ready for Friday. And it's only Monday morning. So waiting as a child for Christmas, waiting as an adult is difficult. The Jews had to wait 400 years after the last prophet spoke before Jesus came and was born at Bethlehem. They had heard a prophet speak from God really almost every generation. It was hard for them to wait centuries before Jesus was born. Uh, When Jesus left this earth, ascended into heaven, the angel said to the disciples and to us, as you've seen him go, he's going to return. A promise that Jesus is coming back. But we've been waiting almost 2,000 years for him to come. Waiting is difficult. And, of course, we're waiting for that glorious coming when Jesus comes, but also every day or often in our life, we're waiting for God to show up in this moment to help us in our time of need. When we call out to Him, when we pray, when we are seeking Him, and it seems as though God is silent or He's not answering, He's not coming, it's hard to wait for God. But in James chapter 5, James tells us how we can wait and how we can have patience as we wait. So in James chapter 5, verses 7 through 11, Therefore, brothers and sisters, be patient until the Lord's coming. See how the farmer waits for the precious fruit of the earth and is patient with it until it receives the early and late rains? You also must be patient. Strengthen your hearts. Because the Lord's coming is near. Brothers and sisters, do not complain about one another so that you will not be judged. Look, the judge stands at the door. Brothers and sisters, take the prophets who spoke in the Lord's name as an example of suffering and patience. See, we we count as blessed those who have endured... You have heard of Job's endurance and have seen the outcome that the Lord brought about. The Lord is compassionate and merciful. First, before we talk about James and how we're to be patient with God, I want us to think about how God has been patient with us. I want you to think about the Apostle Paul. Paul was a persecutor of the church. He was a man who was filled with zeal for the Lord and he thought as he was persecuting Christians that he was doing the Lord's work. He would arrest Christians. He would hand them over to trial. He would have them executed. When Stephen was speaking in the Holy Spirit and was proclaiming the gospel and Stephen was stoned to death, Paul was standing there holding the coats of those who were throwing the rocks and giving approval to Stephen's death. This was the man who lived a life of hatred of Christianity and of churches, but he realized later in life after God met him on the road to Damascus and after God saved him, after God changed him, after he went from persecuting the church to planting churches, after he went from hating Christians to encouraging Christians, that's when he realized how patient God had been with him. He told Timothy, I received mercy for this reason. So that in me, the worst of them, Christ Jesus might demonstrate his extraordinary patience as an example to those who would believe in him for eternal life. Paul looks at his life and says, God was patient with me. God could have ended my life when I was persecuting the church. He could have judged me when I was a a hater of Christians. But he had a plan for my life and he was patient with me. And at the perfect time, he saved me. And I am a product of the uh, mercy of God. Paul considered himself the worst of sinners because not only did he sin as everyone does as we break the Ten Commandments and disobey God, but he went beyond that and persecuted the church. But he says, I'm an example to everyone of God's patience. God is patient with us. He wants us to believe in Him. He wants us to be saved. And so He uses circumstances. He uses people. He brings the gospel to our ears. And He does so many times over time because He's patient with us. Could you imagine if God allowed us to hear the gospel once and that's all we got to hear? And if we didn't believe, well, that's it. You're done. See you in hell. You're gone. You know He was like that with us. Or the first time we sinned, He said, well, you disobeyed. The punishment for sin is death. Goodbye. But if God was like that with us, none of us would be here. No, God is a patient God because He wants people to repent and come to Him in belief. Peter reminds us of this. The Lord does not delay His promise, as some understand delay, but is patient with you, not wanting any to perish, but all to come to repentance. So the fact we've been waiting 2,000 years for Jesus to come back... Is because every day Jesus waits to come, more people are saved. And the kingdom of God grows. Yesterday there were people saved. Today there will be people saved. And so every day he waits, the church grows larger. That's one reason why he is patient with us, with all sinners, with everyone on this planet. Because he wants to give us time. Time to... Hear Him, time to believe in Him, time to repent of our sin. He is a patient God. But Paul warns us not to take that patience for granted. He asks the question, do you despise the riches of God's kindness, restraint, and patience, not recognizing that God's kindness is intended to lead you to repentance? In other words, what Paul is saying is this. Too many people live a life of disobedience and they look around and they say, hey, I got away with it. I'm breaking all the commandments. I'm lying. I'm cheating. I'm stealing, committing adultery. But look, I'm still alive. In fact, I'm enjoying it. There's no problem. I don't need God. God's not doing anything to me. They fail to realize that God's being patient with them, not judging them. Condemning them, making them have to pay the price for their sin yet. But Paul's warning, God's patience runs out someday. And then when it does, there's no time for repentance. God's patient, but his patience comes to an end. So the first thing I want you to hear today is that God has been patient with us. So if you are a believer in Christ, remember that that God was patient with you to that moment that you believed. If you are not a believer, God has been patient with you till this moment so that today you could believe. For those of us who are believers, maybe that's all of us here, every day we have choices that we make. And every day we make choices that are wrong, that are sinful. But when we make those, our response is to confess it and to repent. Because God is patient with Christians who sin. But He's patient with us because He wants us to repent and come back to Him. So remember this. Sin, it takes you where you don't want to go. It keeps you longer than you want to stay. It costs you more than you want to pay. If there is sin in your life today, confess it, repent of it, turn back to the Lord. God's being patient with you. But His patience will stop one day. Paul even says that there were Christians in Corinth who were sick, And some were even dead because of the sin they had committed. And they would not repent. Repent today. Do not take God's grace and His patience for granted. For some more hopeful news and harder to do is to be patient with others. If God is patient with us, He commands us to be patient to other people. I have to admit, I'm not a very patient person. I'm patient to a point. That's not really being patient. Anybody can be patient for a second. Anyone can be patient for a minute. Anyone can be patient for a short time. That's not really patience. Patience is being long-suffering, is being patient for a long time. And honestly, I'm not that patient. And people, as you know, can be the ones that make... Us heart, you know, tries our patience and shows who we truly are. But we're commanded. Colossians 3:12, Paul says, Therefore, as God's chosen ones, holy and dearly loved, put on compassion, kindness, humility, gentleness, and patience. With all humility and gentleness, with patience bearing with one another in love. Notice how all those words go together: love, kindness, gentleness, compassion, patience. Remember even James said, don't judge one another. He said, because the judge is at the door, you don't do it. God's going to judge. Be patient with each other. So we are commanded to be patient because God is patient with us. But it's hard to do, but there are benefits from being patient. Here in Proverbs, a ruler can be persuaded through patience. A patient person shows great understanding. A hot-tempered man stirs up dissension, but a patient man calms a quarrel. Not only are we commanded to do it, if we are a patient person, there's great benefit. Changing a boss's mind, changing a ruler's mind, changing the mind of someone in charge is very difficult to do. Because usually people who are in charge want to do things their way. But it says here in Proverbs, if you're patient even with a ruler, someone in charge, you can change their mind. It's real easy to cause dissension. I could say some inappropriate things right now and I could cause a lot of division right now. And you could too. You could say some things that would, uh, could honestly and sadly split this church. But that's what we're called to do. We're called to be Patient, And a patient person can calm a quarrel. See, a patient person has understanding and is wise because they've realized how important it is and how to skillfully talk to people, deal with people, without people pushing their buttons, causing them to rise in anger, causing them to strike out and do things impulsively and stupidly, which is what an impatient person does. Now, how do we do it? That's the hard thing. I would say this. There's two easy ways to be patient with people. One is to remember how patient God is with us. When God's patient with us, we enjoy it, we like it, we celebrate it, we say, thank you, Lord, thank you, Lord. Well, why don't we be that way with other people? Why should we receive patience from God, but then we turn around and are very impatient with others? So remember what God has done for you. Also, think about other people and where they are. The, the proverb is to put yourself in their shoes and walk a mile in their shoes. Because as you empathize with them more and think about what they're going through, you'll be more patient with them. At, at this time of year when you go to any retail place, it is a zoo, it's crazy. And it's supposed to be the most wonderful time of the year, but it's not in a department store or in Walmart or any place where they're selling anything because the shelves are getting less and less space, more space, less stuff, so that causes stress. There's long lines that you're waiting in to buy the stuff. The credit card just keeps going and swiping and swiping and swiping, and so there's anxiety that when am I going to pay for all this stuff? So it is a place where there's a lot of impatient people, especially when you go to Walmart and there's 15 checkout lines and only one is open. And that happens all the time at our Walmart. And when you go in there, it's so easy to be impatient and to get angry and to get frustrated. But if you step back and think about that lonely cashier and put yourself in his or her place, they probably had to get up early at a time they didn't want to, maybe had a hard time getting to work. They've got a family they're trying to support on the the slim uh, money that they're getting from Walmart. They're trying to do their best with a bunch of grumpy people. If You can imagine yourself being in that person's place. You might be a lot more patient with them when they ring something up wrong or or are checking everybody out so slowly. Think about the other people in line with you. They have places to go to. They have families that they are tending to. They don't want to be waiting in line either. So why be impatient with them and angry with them when they're in the same boat that you are? And sometimes maybe just take a step back and really think about what's happening. Is waiting in line at Walmart for 5, 10, even 20 minutes that big a deal? compared to everything else going on in your life. When you take a step back and put things into perspective, it can calm you down and help you to be more patient that this frustrating, angerizing circumstance isn't all that important or significant. So those are simple ways how you can be a more patient person. Think about how patient God's been with you and put yourself and someone else's shoes, and try to empathize with them. I will share this. After the first service, Mary Stow uh, said to me, another thing she does is that she asks this question, why does God have me here? She asks that especially when she gets frustrated. Okay, Because, you know, when we're somewhere where we're frustrated, we don't want to be there, but we are there. So let's make the best of it and even ask God, why do you have me here? Who knows? Maybe it's there to talk to someone in line. Maybe it's just to simply say thank you to the cashier who has checked out 300 people that morning and no one even gave them the time of day. Think about why you're there and how you can be Christ in that situation. And again, that will make you a more patient person. One of the hardest things to do is to be patient with God. Patience in the New Testament That word's often paired with another word, endurance. When we hear the word patience, we think of of waiting with calm and waiting for something to happen without getting frustrated or, or angry. Endurance is a different word. Endurance has the idea of continuing and going when things are difficult, not giving up when things are hard. And you can see how the two go hand in hand. If you are going to keep going, you're going to be patient. And so, in uh, Colossians is the verse I want us to look at. Being strengthened with all power according to His glorious might, so that you may have great endurance and patience. You see how endurance and patience go together. And why is that? Because often... The time we need the most patience, and we need the most endurance, is when we are hurting the most. In those times when we are hurting, we're calling out to God, and it seems like He's nowhere near, it seems like He's not listening, He's certainly not acting. We are trying to be patient. But we can't. We want God now. We don't need God next week. We don't need Him next year. We need Him now. And how can we be patient with Him when we need Him now? How can we keep going when we want to give up? How can we endure when everything is telling us just give up? Give up on God. Give up on what you're going through. Just give up. That's what James helps us with in James 5, chapter 5. He talks about the farmer who waits with patience. Maybe you have been on a farm, you were a farmer. There's lots of farmers around here. I have never farmed, although I lived in the middle of a farm, basically. When I was a pastor in Ohio, the church, the parsonage, both were basically in a cornfield or a soybean field, depending on what year it was, because they would always have one one year, the other the next year. And so we had young kids at the time, I thought... Let's just try some gardening for the fun of it. So that was the problem. I did it for the fun of it. I don't know that there's any fun in farming or even gardening for most people because, uh, you know, we tilled up the ground, and we even got the chicken poop to put on there to make the fertilizer and get the ground really good. And then we planted the seeds, and we tried to plant things that would grow quickly or grow big, like squash and... and. Uh, pumpkins, things like that. We had some corn. I don't even remember all the things we had. I do remember what we, the other thing we had were weeds. I mean, those were the first things that came in before anything else. Now, who wants to go out and weed the garden? Well, none of the kids did. I didn't. Sarah didn't want to do it. So for the most part of the summer, the weeds grew more than the plants did. Eventually, we did have some fruit though, squash. I think you could put squash anywhere. You could just throw it outside on the pavement, and it's going to grow somehow. I don't know how it does it, but we had squash after squash after squash, and that's all we had. We did it one year, and that was it. It wasn't much fun, and you can't really farm or garden for fun. But everybody knows if you plant something, you have to wait for it to grow. You don't put a seed in the ground, and tomorrow morning, there's the harvest, unless it's Jack and the Beanstalk. That's, the only, and that's a fairy tale. So what James says, think about the farmer. He plants it, he waits for the rain, and then comes the harvest. The pictures here are a soybean, and we would notice that as in the spring, the the fields would be barren because they'd been barren for the winter. The farmers would put the seed in, we'd see a little sprout, we'd see the soybean grow taller, get greener, fill up the whole field, we'd see it change color, and even turn to brown, it looked like it was dead. That was the time to harvest it. And the combines would come in and clear the fields and, and, of course, go and sell it. And that's what James says. Look at the farmer. He waits for the precious fruit of the earth and is patient with it until it receives the early and late rains. You also must be patient. You see, a, a farmer is patient because he knows when he puts the seed in the ground, it's not going to grow overnight. Maybe we need to have realistic expectations of how God works and how life is. I think that is a real problem for us in an instant society where we expect everything to happen now and to happen overnight, to be done immediately. That's not life. That's not how God works. That's not how farming works. That's not how most of the life or the earth works. So be patient with God, as He is working. See, James says to strengthen your hearts. And how can we do that? Because you need strength if you're going to endure and be patient. Know that the Lord's coming is near. That's what James says next. The Lord's coming is near. And James wrote this almost 2,000 years ago. And you say, James, what are you talking about? 2,000 years isn't near. We have to remember a couple of things. Peter reminds us that God doesn't keep time the same way we do. He says, don't overlook this one fact. With the Lord, one day is like a thousand years, and a thousand years is like one day. We count time one way. God has His own perfect time. It's not the same way that we count time. But also, the Lord is near means that He could come at any moment. James's readers had the hope and the expectant joy that Jesus could have been there that day. It's been the same for Christians since James's day. It's true for us. Jesus could come back today even before I finish speaking. That's how near He is to coming. He, he, he's right here. I mean, he's right at the door. He's just waiting to come through the door. He's here. It's near. It's coming. But it's going to come in God's perfect timing. Also know when we're waiting for God to show up in our lives now that God is near. He's there with you. Even though it may not seem like it, even though He's not acting, He is there. God is always there. He never leaves us nor forsakes us. He tells us to remember that those who suffered with patience received a great reward. He talks about Job. Brothers and sisters, take the prophets who spoke in the Lord's name as an example of suffering and patience. See, we count as blessed those who have endured. You have heard of Job's endurance and have seen the outcome that the Lord brought about. He says, look at Job. You know his story. Job was a wealthy man. Job was a blessed man. Until Satan said to God, the only reason he worships you, God, is because you give him so much stuff. God said, take all the stuff away if you want to. Satan, that's what Satan did. took everything he had, all of his possessions, all of his children. The only thing he had left was a nagging wife. That was it. That's all he had. And then Job suffered physically. Satan boils on him, sores on him. He was in excruciating pain, and he had nothing. That's suffering. And he continually called out to God, God, I'm innocent. God, I'm innocent. God, I want you to show up. I want to prove my innocence to you. He had three friends who were worthless, useless to him. They said, Job, you're a sinner. Repent, and God will bless you again. He said, I haven't done anything wrong. I just want God to show up so I can talk to him. And you know what? God did show up. And basically, God had to give him a lesson. This was the lesson. Job, you don't know anything. That's what God said to him. So if you don't know anything, shut up. You don't know what you're talking about. Job, you don't know how this world works. So don't complain about it. Don't uh, judge me about it. Let me, who I'm God, let me run the world. Let me run your life. Because Job, you don't know what you're doing. You don't understand it. So Job repented. God blessed him again. All his possessions were doubled. Job and his nagging wife made up. They had the same number of kids they had before that God had allowed to die. And so when he went to heaven, there was Job with twice as many children that he had to begin with. While on earth, twice as many possessions. So what James is saying, if you endure with patience, even if you're suffering, the reward at the end is great. Certainly when God comes and His glory is appearing the second time, it's going to be great. We're going to be in heaven with Him. He's going to set everything right on this earth. That is going to be worth the wait. Even as we're waiting for God to come now in our lives when we need Him, the wait is worth it. When He shows up, He changes things. He does things to help our need. The final thing to strengthen our heart is to know that the Lord is compassionate, And merciful. But it seems like God's not there. He's not listening. It's not true. Because He is listening. He does care. He's compassionate. He's merciful. He's waiting for the perfect time. He's waiting to do His work in you. So if God is waiting for the perfect time and waiting to do His work in our life, then we need to wait with Him. And be patient and endure. David wrote in Psalm 40, I waited patiently for the Lord, and He turned to me and heard my cry for help. I want to leave you with these encouraging words. If you are hurting today, if you are in great need, and you are calling out to God, and you need God to show up now, God is listening. God will show up will do so in his perfect time. Be like David and wait patiently for him. When he does show up, it will be glorious. And you will receive great reward for being patient and waiting. Again, the three encouraging messages that challenge this morning, if you are someone here today who needs to repent of sin, do so because God's patience doesn't last forever. If you are someone who has not been very patient with people in your life, remember we are commanded that we can easily do so by thinking about other people and thinking about how patient God is with us. And finally, as we wait for God, strengthen our hearts. Waiting patiently because God will listen and he will answer. Let's go to him in prayer. Heavenly Father, we are thankful that you are patient with us Thankful, Lord, that you are merciful and compassionate. I pray today for anyone who is here who has never put their faith in you, Jesus Christ, as Savior. I pray that today they would believe, believe, Jesus, that you died for them, that you died for their sin on the cross and you rose again to life, and that you have been patient with them until this moment where you want them to believe and accept you as Savior. I pray they would do so today. I pray for all of us, Lord, uh, who sin and who take your mercy for uh, granted and take your grace for granted. Lord, I pray that we would not do so today and that we would repent of our sin and we would be right with you when we leave this sanctuary. I pray, Lord, you would strengthen us to be patient with people in our lives. I pray that you would help us to be patient with you. I pray for those this morning who are waiting for you, God, to show up in their lives. I pray that as they wait they would do so, Lord, with endurance, with faith, knowing that you are going to show up and that you are going to help according to your amazing grace. I pray these things, Jesus, in your powerful, wonderful, precious name. Amen.